Global Detection Adventures. The Halloween Special. <laughs> and now your hosts, Dave and Lance. Welcome everyone to the Global Detection Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Dave D. Stateside in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And with me, holding down the fort in Schweinsberg, Germany, is your host with the most, Lance Goolsby. Well, I can, honestly doing, buddy? Say, I can honestly say I'm probably the host with the most today as far as metal detecting. Yeah, I saw that you got some <laughs> uh, little little uh, plastic container uh, with a bunch of fines in there, jingling it around, yeah. putting it right in our faces. <laughs> uh, now we have to wait for your video to come out to actually see... What you found, huh? Yeah, I can honestly say that uh, I covered probably a good thousand years worth of history in just one day in three hours. So it was let a me really... ask you, Let me ask you, though, was did, did it end up being a hammered coin? It's still uh, cleaning. I'm not going to brush it or anything. I'm going to be using a toothbrush uh, so that I can use a very minimum amount of scouring on it. But I have it kind of soaking right now in a warm glass of water just to try and break up the dirt that's still attached onto it. And then I'm going to use a toothbrush to kind of get the rest of it off there and um, see exactly what it is. If there's going to be anything left on it, if it is a hammered. But I can tell you that I was looking on the edges around the edge of the coin or the edge of it. And there were, were markings on it. It looked like... Uh, little raised indentations along the edge so it doesn't look like it's going to be part of a cola can all right well we got a good show for you today it's our halloween special yeah. but uh joining us right now from an undisclosed area in wisconsin it's the metal detecting tag team the dig dudes they got steve and his son jack grop hey. yeah, what's right. up boys how you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Great to hear about that hammered coin or possible hammered coin, by the way, Lance. Thank you. Thank you. It's two years in the works, so let's hope that's what it is. No, ch no chance of finding one around here, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Unless you, you know. just get a coin and take a hammer to it. And <laughs> there you go. That's about well, it, huh? You might just have to bring Jack over here to Europe. We'll see if we can get him one. Sounds well, like a plan. Jack's, yeah. Jack's been lighting it up over here in Wisconsin. No, tell me about it. Yeah. How you doing, Jack? You back there? You you sound a little. You sound far away. Grab that microphone out of your dad's hand. I'm doing good. Doing good. So, yeah. Jack, how how old are you right now? I'm twelve. Twelve years old. You're probably one of our uh, youngest members on our uh, Global Detection Adventure Facebook page. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack, so how long have you been detecting? I've been detecting for three years. Oh wow! And how did you get started? Did your dad I got uh, just Go ahead. I got, I got started by uh, watching this show called The Diggers. Uh huh? Yeah. It's kind of the same thing that kind of got me into it. I started watching uh, uh, KG and Ringy running around. I don't know if you heard last week, but they were on the show last time. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, KG and Ringy, Ringy running around, and I just started realizing that I could do that. Was that the kind of same thing that happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was... He was watching Diggers a lot, and he uh, showed me the show because I had never heard of it myself. And I watched, and it got me just as excited. So as soon as Jack got a detector, we were out and going, and I uh, haven't stopped since. So what was your so first Steve, detector? The Bounty Hunter. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, just a basic uh, bounty hunter tracker four. Used that for almost a year, and then he saved up some money with all the clad that he found and, and bought an Ace two fifty. Oh, so, Steve, you start at the same time. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I went out with Jack and kind of learned along with him. I mean, he caught on to it immediately and just had really good instincts. And, um, and then it's impossible not to get excited about it when you see somebody find something interesting in the ground. So then I um, ended up getting a detector myself, and now I use an AT Pro. So, Jack, what, what, uh, what do you use for a setup for, um, your, for your detectors? Was- well, on the Xterra 705, I use, uh, well, it's hard to say. It's I'll just say number one. It's coin mode. Cuts out uh, trash. Yeah, so you use the basic coin mode, and it tends to cut out a lot of the trash instead of using all metal, where it makes tons of sounds. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely can understand how that could be uh, uh, in your guys' neck of the woods. There's going to be a lot of uh, iron trash and I guess you could say a lot of junk in the in the area, especially around parks and kind of fairgrounds and stuff like that. Tons of aluminum cut up by lawnmowers, and yeah, definitely a lot of iron. Yeah, can slaw everywhere. I had that problem today as well. Yep. So Jack, you've been, you've been finding a lot of great finds. Your dad's been posting it on the Facebook page, and uh, how how does it feel when you when you show up your dad? I mean, your dad's uh. You know, you're playing basketball with your daddy, dunking on you and beating you 10 to 4, and all of a sudden you come up with a V-nickel and say, booyah! So I how feel does... accomplished. I feel... What's that? I feel accomplished. <laughs> accomplished? Yeah. Is that what he... <laughs> That's a good... I, don't know, I never felt that way. Accomplished. Hmm. Yeah, he's really, really competitive with me, and it's kind of cool because as soon as one... You know, if I find something good, then he's just... I mean, you have no control over whether or not you're going to beat the person. Not not that it's about beating each other, but right. it's kind of nice to know that, you know, he finds something really great and then I go out and find something and he wants to sort of outdo me. And, and he regularly does, as you can tell by my posts. Yeah, Steve, so when you – does you think – you know, I've seen a lot of Jack's finds and he finds a lot of great cool stuff. And, and we're using a little bit more expensive machines, but again, Jack just kind of – he finds the cool stuff. You think that we're not, we're kind of missing the stuff that Jack's finding because we're, we're setting our sensitivities too high to, uh, to what the, what the ground is letting, letting us. And, and Jack's just got that, you know, easy, simple machine. And, you know, I don't, I, I've tried to figure that out. And I, I think there's something to that. I think maybe, like you said, we have, you know, these machines that maybe we overthink it and we, you know, if, if I'm not finding something within the first half hour, then maybe I start messing around with it. But I watch him, and he's so it, – it just comes so easy to him. And I think that he's – yeah, he says it's good patience, and I think he's got a real ear for what tone is going to be something. I mean, 70% of the time, he'll say, oh, there's a, good, there's a good sound. I know what that is. And sure enough, it'll be something great. Whereas with me, I mean, just like yesterday, I went out and every single – Silver tone, signal. yeah, that that typically will be maybe a silver signal was junk, and it just dry, drives me nuts. But with him, I think he just it, it, there's, he's got a feel for it and a real instinct for it. Not that I don't have an instinct for it, because you know you learn as you go and you you get better as you go along. But I think overthinking it is a big part of it. Yeah. So, Jack, you think you'll you'll uh, ever get a different detector, or you're just kind of really sold on the one you're using? I'll maybe get a different detector later on. What one do you want? Probably the whites machine. 
Ooh. Well, then you should. Uh, we should go out sometime. You can check out my uh, V3i and see if you like it. He, he probably would. I, I remember he commented on it when we met you that first time in that park. He he liked your detector. So that... yeah, it's it's it'll be a little bit heavier than what you're using right now, um, but I think you'll really like it because not only that you'll be able to, you know, it get your tones and what you're looking for, but um, there's a lot of ways to analyze. Watch. Yeah, it seems, uh, seems to be a heavier machine, yeah. Yeah, because I've been using the Deus lately and just trying to learn that, and it is so super light. It's like you're not even you're not even you don't even have anything in your hand. Sometimes yeah. you you find yourself it's so light that the coils off the ground three inches and you don't even realize it <laughs> because you know, it, right? You know, you're going to another machine. But um, I'm really I'm really trying um, to to get the whites down. I want to get some videos out with the Deus, but. I can't even. I got to wrap my head around it first a little bit before I can, you know, shoot some shoot some video. Yeah, it's but. it's one of those it's one of those machines. I, I I can understand coming from something as complicated as the whites, and then coming into something that seems to be just as complicated as the uh, the XP Deus. But um, in in comparison to the two, the XP Deus is more of a tone machine, whereas the whites is more of a display machine. Uh, you do get tones as well with the whites, um, but like you said, you have a display that you can um, better um, analyze exactly what it is that you're scanning. Um, the XP Deus, it tells you what it's scanning just simply by the tone itself. Um, and then you can look at the display, and that gives you your secondary opinion if it's something to dig or not. Um, I, it's, yeah, it's, it, they're both great machines and don't get me wrong. I absolutely love them, but I'm going to be just sticking with the Deus from now on. Um, it's just, yeah, it was easy to wrap my head around using the Deus as far as how you make your changes and, and expert modes and, and it's, it's, uh, the setup is, I, it, it came to me really easy because of, you know, using the white speed three I. But um, I'm, you know, I'll get it. It'll it'll come. Oh, trust me, it'll but, come. And then you'll realize yeah. it, how extremely simple it is. And I think just like uh, Steve was saying uh, with the other one, uh, maybe it's just the fact that you're trying to overthink uh, everything while you're scanning. Yeah, exactly. So Jack. Oh, God, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. No, go I was ahead. just gonna say, and, and yeah, being in the area, you know, we discussed how trashy it is and stuff. It. You know, the one thing I appreciate about the AT Pro with the coil, the double D coil, is it does separate the targets pretty well. But at least where we're going, it's just, I mean, you learn a lot of different tones because it is so trashy and there's just so many different types of metal in the ground around here. But uh, So it's a good education, but it, it's very frustrating because the, the really good signals are, are really in between those bad ones. <laughs> Jack, at least me. Yep. Jack, do you have any friends that you go out with, or that you, that you know that metal detect, or is it just uh, you're kind of in, in an age bracket where, or uh, even there's you, not too many guys out there your age that are doing it. Yeah, or even start a, a a club at school, something like that. No, I'm not starting a club at school. But you're in a club. Tell them about that. I'm in uh, the Green Bay Treasure Hunter Club. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're in a we're a club that's got about fifteen or twenty members, and we meet once a month, and um and they compare 
the month's finds and stuff. And and honestly, Jack typically wins about eighty percent of those categories every time we go. But uh, it's it's funny because it's always a group. It's a group of about forty to. 70-year-old men, and then there's Jack sitting there with, with his big pile of great finds, so it's, it's fun to go through that. Yeah. The, uh, have you taken any of your stuff to school and kind of showed it off to any of your friends there? No, not, not that much people do it, but they're yeah. interested. Yeah, it's, it's weird. They're, everybody seems to be interested, but nobody wants to do it. Right, right. Um, Which is well, good actually, for us because the less people out there, the more treasure for us, right? Yeah, but I don't know about you, um, David, but we run into a lot of detectors around here. Um, some of them we know, some of them we don't know. But um, you were talking about a lot of people don't want to do it. Um, I'll make this real quick, but real recently there was a, a morning show anchor, local news anchor, who who contacted me and said that his wife – uh, watched his diggers and got very interested, but she was kind of shy about maybe actually taking up the hobby. And um, Jack and I met up with them about a month ago, and Jack taught her how to use a detector and gave her a lot of tips, and then he actually gave her his Ace 250. Wow. And uh, and so now she's detecting. So he, he's kind of spreading the hobby, you know, in his own little way. Uh, that's quite a thing to do, Jack. That's just handing somebody a metal detector. That's kudos on you for that. Yeah, you know what's cool? What's that? Um, when I was detecting with her, um, she she was watching me detect, and at the end of the day, there was like an iron signal, and in the hole there was an old 1800s flat button early. Yeah, so I got to find something exciting right in front of her. It was uh, it was actually Jack's first flat button, and it it was early to mid 1800s. So oh, that was wow. kind of exciting. Yeah, wow. that's fantastic. That's a great story. Yeah, you've seen about uh, people that yeah you I go out you know that you Jack and uh, and uh, Steve were the one of the first persons that I ever saw. I've been doing this for three years, and I go out detecting early in the morning or sometimes after work. And those are the first two guys I ever saw detecting in a park that I was in at the same time. And um, and it's been that way for up until last weekend, where I met another guy from the area. And he was detecting in the in the fairgrounds, and we were talking about the dais, and and so uh, just another another person I got to meet. But yeah, I'm, I've been doing it for three years, but this year I was actually I got to meet at least uh, four or five guys and um, detecting, and now I it's it's going to be it's a little bit more funner when you go out with. Funner's award, a little bit more fun. <laughs> yeah. When there's uh, proper English on the show, Dave. Partner. Especially if you're going to travel somewhere for an hour or an hour and a half, you know, you got somebody, you know, to talk with and, and then just share your finds with. Um, I actually, uh, St uh, Steve and Jack, when we went out uh, one time at an old homestead and those guys cleaned up really well over there. Yeah, that was a great time. Axehead. So, yeah, you guys got some good finds out there. Yeah, I remember seeing you posted a couple of live videos out there, didn't you? Yeah, that was a really, really, really pretty place, and uh, you know those guys, uh, those guys, Jack and 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 Steve, they, you guys both got axe heads that day, right? Um, yeah, I think we both did. Yeah, we both it's came up farm. with some nice things at the farm. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Dave, uh, I've got a permission coming up that uh, that I'm gonna let you know about in another farm with uh, with a few fields. So we'll have to hook up and go go out there. There you go. Yeah, we got to get out there before that, before it turns too cold. And I know. Well, yeah, it, it's taken them a while to harvest it, so they're going to let me know when it's ready. 
Dave, the perfect place to start testing out that dais. It's yeah, the perfect place you know, to learn it. Yeah, you know what I did the other day? I was cheating a little bit. First, I was going with my White's V3i to try to find a target. And then I, I had, on the other hand, my dais and to see what would it sound like with the dais. Because I knew what it was going to be with the V3i, but I was didn't know. But uh, that got old really fast, uh, carrying yeah. around two detectors, your shovel, and all that stuff yeah, like probably, that. So. You probably looked like some kind of reject from a science fiction film from the 60s yeah. as well. What's this guy doing? <laughs> Planting landmines? Or... <laughs> yeah. Minesweeper. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's go ahead. Um, we're going to go ahead and take off. We're going to talk. Uh, we got a little segment uh, coming up with Gary from XP Metal Detectors. Uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. And then we'll be right back with uh, Jack and Steve right after this short break. Hey everybody, it's Lance. Uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and messages from people saying that they want to go ahead and switch over to the XP Deus because they've been seeing my videos, they've been seeing other people's videos, and they're con convinced that it is one of the best machines. Well, I can tell you straight off, it is the best machine that I've ever used and it will be the last machine that I ever use. Uh, now, to answer some of these questions, which include which version of the XP Deus should I get? Should I get the WS4? Should I get the WS5? Uh, which coil, the 9-inch, the 11-inch, should I wait for the version 4 software? Should I wait till the high-frequency coils come out? Instead of me sitting here and answering each one of these, I went ahead and contacted Gary from XP Metal Detectors, who's joining, with, uh, joining me right now on this little uh, commercial break. And uh, we're going to be sitting here and talking with him exactly about which version of the metal detectors is going to be good for you. Uh, Gary, welcome back to the show. Oh, back again. Hi, Lance. Yeah, it's always a pleasure having you on. And uh, this time, uh, we're addressing a lot of questions that people have been having about the XP Deus. Um, now, a lot of them, the, the first question, I guess, is which version should they get? Should they get the WS4? Should they get the WS5? Uh, and what are the major differences between the two? Okay, when you're buying a new dais, a lot of it all depends on your budget. Um, if you're on a limited budget, well, then just go for the dais WS4, which is the dais with the WS4 headphones and no controller. The controller is known as the RC, so a 9-inch WS4 RC is the complete package. So going back to headphones, what headphones should you choose, the WS4s or the WS5s? Mm -hmm. Well... The WS5 is a more complete headphone. It's got an integrated controller, so it can't be removed. But a lot of people use the WS5s if they're searching in a noisy environment, they want to keep their ears warm. Um, the sound from the WS5 is a more mellow sound, whereas the WS4 is a more dynamic sound. So the WS4s, well, they've got the detachable module. They're the back phone, so they're a lot lighter. Mm. And when you detach the module, you can use a lot of the accessories on the, the headphones, such as the horseshoe adapter. Now, this allows you to use the wristband, the stem mount, or the FX02 lightweight back phone. So WS4's got a lot of more, more options going for it. Yeah. And what a lot of people do say is the WS4 headphones are a little bit uncomfortable because they slide off your ears. 
that's simply because they're not wearing them right. And I bet you're not doing it as well. Yeah. When, you put the <laughs> when you put the headphones around the back of your head, always tilt that hinge band down so it touches the back of your neck. And that stabilizes the headphones. Yeah, I've uh, I've noticed that uh, a lot of people are complaining about you know the the headphones kind of pinching their ears, causing some ear pain, and uh, I'd been experiencing that as well. And after the last time you and I talked privately, you told me exactly about this, and pushing putting the headphones on and then pushing the back arch all the way down till it's touching the back of your neck actually relieves a lot of the stress that's on your ear. That's right. Good, nice little tip that we should have put that in the manual, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as people that are asking uh, which size coil to use, the nine inch or the eleven inch, uh, what is your recommendations for each one of those? Okay, well, again, it's personal choice. The nine inch is more of a precise coil, and it's probably the best coil if you learn in the days because the signals are more precise, pinpointing is easier. Um, Depth-wise, between the 11-inch and 9-inch coils, I don't think there's much in the terms of depth, especially when you're coin hunting. Mm. The 11-inch coil has got a bigger footprint. I think the 11-inch hits harder on the high conductive targets as well. The, the bigger silver, it tends to like that. Um, also, you've got to think of what terrain you, are you searching. If you're searching... Um, forests and things like that, sometimes a smaller coil will be better to get in, in them tighter areas, whereas an open terrain, the 11-inch coil is probably the choice. But, I mean, they both work really well. So to answer your question, I can't say one or the other. It's just down to personal preference. Yeah, exactly. Personal preference and most likely the types of areas where you're metal detecting. Open fields, probably a bigger coil, uh, forested areas or tighter uh, confined spaces probably using the nine inch, but it falls down to the person as well. And and uh, we've also got other people that are asking about, you know, should we go ahead and wait until the new high frequency coils come out and um, before we purchase the XP Deus, or should we just go ahead and get it now and then get it as an accessory later on? Good question. From what I've been led to understand, that the high frequency coils will be an accessory um, and not sold as a complete package. So I don't think there's any point in waiting. The, the Deus is a great machine with the standard coils. If you're searching particularly for gold or small targets, yeah, the, the high frequency coil will be an advantage. Mm -hmm. But once again, it will be an accessory to what you already have. Yeah. So it's not going to be sold with any of the kits. It's going to be a standalone purchase separately item. As far as I'm aware, um, that's what we're going to do in the beginning. Maybe as time goes on, it may come as a kit, but in the beginning, I've been told that it's an accessory, an aftermarket accessory. So yeah, waiting uh, for either the pin pointer or the uh, the high frequency coils is probably not going to be the best option. It's probably going to take too long if it even gets made as a kit. Uh, both of those are going to be all sold as separate units, as standalone. So um, waiting to purchase uh, just based on that, it's not going to be probably an option for the next foreseeable future. And as far as the uh, version 4 software, should people wait until that comes out? And uh, if 
So should, what is the going to cause the biggest difference between the version 4 software and the 3.2, which is currently installed on all machines? Right, version 4 software is mainly to accommodate the new accessories. Um, there's lots of speculation out there on the internet, and I've got some fantastic emails to say the version 4 is going to have a color screen, it's got GPS on it, and then... <laughs> You know, this is just speculation. The version 4 update, which is free by the way, is purely to accommodate the new accessories. So you've got the new high frequency coils. They run from around 13 kilohertz all the way up to 57 kilohertz. So they're not specifically for finding small gold nuggets. We've made them so they, they've got the full frequency range. You can adjust it by steps. So mm. It's going to suit a wide range of search scenarios. Going back to the version 4 software, yes, we have made a few changes. Um, there's a new menu, obviously, for the pinpointer and a new frequency menu for the coils. But if you've got the standard v version 3.2 and you go on to the version 4 without the new accessories, I don't think you're going to notice any massive changes. So... Don't get too excited about it. It's just something we need to have to accommodate the new accessories. Yeah. So, and uh, the version four software, as of recording of this, which is October, uh, excuse me, which is November 1st, um, is not currently available. So um, it will be coming out in the foreseeable future. But right now, the 3.2 software is out there. It's extremely powerful. Anybody who has an XP Deus knows exactly how user-friendly and easy it is to use. It looks confusing at first, but don't let the, the looks fool you. Uh, the version 4 will be coming out in the foreseeable future. But as of right now, it's uh, not there. It's not there, no, no, just keep enjoying your version 3.2, and like you said, Lance, it's, the Deus is a really simple machine, you don't have to get into the bare bones of it and start tweaking it straight out of the box, I'll give you a good example, um, I was detecting with a friend of mine um, a few days ago, and I said to him, you use out of the box Deus Fast, don't make any adjustments, and I use one of my custom programs, and we went out, and do you know what? There was no difference. We matched our finds one for one. So, you know, it, it works out of the box. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's a bit of fun to put these twists on it in different programs. But um, don't be scared. If you're not a technophobe, just go on to Deus Fast or Gold Max Power, programs two and three, and just enjoy the machine. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's going to really enjoy this. Uh, it's a great machine, worth every penny, and uh, I think uh, just like with me, their fines are going to increase tenfold. But yeah. that, that comes down to the person and the luck as well. I think the worst thing you can do with a Deus, well, any metal detector really is overcomplicate it. Um, you know, turn up the power too much and overcomplicate the settings, and it's going to punish you. Yeah. You know, just just keep things calm and and do stuff in, at your own pace. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people that try and get more depth out of it and end up causing it to uh, go shallower uh, because they think they're setting it to a deeper range, but in fact they're kind of overloading the coil, which ends up causing it to uh, only go probably about half the normal distance. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you take a textbook deep signal, it's quiet. A deep signal is a tiny little quiet whisper. Now, if you've got the sensitivity turned up and it's bleeping and popping all the time, you're not going to hear that quiet signal. So, in theory, you're not even going to hear the deep ones, are you? No, not at all. We're all guilty of that, I must admit. We're all guilty. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> All right, Gary, and uh, that's it. For anybody who's uh, wanting to move to the XP Dais, take Gary's word for it on each one of the ones. Uh, it all comes down to personal preferences. Um, for me, with the WS4 and the WS5, I wear baseball caps and hats when I'm metal detecting, so I prefer the behind-the-neck the headphones, which is the WS4. And for anybody who doesn't and wants the ones that feel more like a set of headphones for the home stereo those are going to be the WS5s and um, I think uh, once you come down to past that point it's all going to be a matter of personal preference absolutely and don't forget those little FXO2 lightweight backphones they sound so good with the horseshoe adapter yeah I'm definitely going to have to look into those myself as well all right well that's it thank you Gary as always for coming on and uh we're going to go ahead and let everybody get back to the podcast now. Okay. Thank once again. Thanks for the invite, and I'll speak to you soon. Will do. All right. Thank again. Thanks again, Gary. Andy Warhol, famous painter, character of some repute, and as far as I know, not a metal detectorist, once said that everyone would be famous for 15 minutes. What Andy failed to see is that once YouTube came about, some people could turn that 15 minutes into 100 episodes and several thousand subscribers. As far as metal detecting, YouTube has been the best and the worst thing to ever happen to the hobby. It's the best thing to ever happen to the hobby because who doesn't enjoy watching videos of people digging cool things in cool places, especially while you stay cool sitting in your house in front of a computer. It's also the best because it teaches us new strategies and techniques in our digging, and it gives hope to those who seem as though they couldn't find a clad coin in a bank. However, it's also the worst. It's the worst because some tubers take their 15 minutes to new depths with sloppy digging techniques and correct identifications and sometimes even questionable finds, all while using words that would make a drunken sailor blush. But it takes all kinds in this world, and since anyone can publish anything anytime they want to for anyone to watch, it's up to the viewer to pick what they want to see. Personally, I prefer those who use their influence to help the hobby rather than unintentionally hurt it. Although I will admit, I do occasionally watch the bad ones too because you never know when you'll need to learn a new cuss word. This is Butch Holcomb of American Digger Magazine. We're still looking for America, folks. And now, an original story from Patrick. <laughs> well, after a late night shot of espresso, I arrived at the cemetery at midnight, where I put up my gear, and I grabbed my XP dais, and I took a couple chugs of liquid courage before heading out amongst the tombstones. So dark and quiet with not a soul in sight. Just me and some stones. 
The small cemetery was located on the outskirts of town and surrounded by a forest and also rumored to overlay an old Indian burial ground and the gate had long since been off its hinges. So who would care if I poked around a little? Certainly not the dead. So I started off in all metal mode, but the machine would not balance and had weird shrieking noises and like a signal that was overloading my coil, so I switched to discrimination mode and almost immediately got a good strong signal of 103. And I thought this odd and strange because my meter only goes to 99. And so then I went to pinpointer mode and my blood froze when it said six feet because my machine only shows in inches, but there it was clear as day in my headlamp. So I did what any normal person would do and I broke out my stainless steel black ADA sodbuster. And after almost an hour of digging, I finally heard the thud of a wooden casket. Oh, my heart was racing. As I used the sodbuster to pry apart the wood planks, my XB started screaming, so I turned it off. But it still just, it just kept screaming, even after I disconnected the coil. But I did not stop, because I couldn't because I saw the glimmer of gold and jewels inside the casket, so I reached in and I grabbed something shiny. And then it began to glow in my hands as if there was a light from above, and then I realized that the light was indeed coming from above with a sound like a helicopter. And then all around me, the light became much brighter and then I heard a voice that said, freeze, and put your hands up where we can see them. This is Bell County Police Officer Butch Holcomb, and you are surrounded. You are under arrest. Drop the shovel, scumbag. Now, if that ain't a scary story. So we're back. Um, Jack, uh, what's your favorite place to metal detect? It's this abandoned house in Cribbits called the Gingerbread House because it's kind of ornate and decorative, the house itself. It's a very old abandoned house that's on, um, actually it's on public land and we made sure to look into that first instead of just wandering on. Just because it doesn't have a no trespassing sign doesn't mean that it's fair game. So we looked into yeah. it first, but it's a, it's a very old house that's, that like I said, has been abandoned for a while and it's right out of the movies. Um, it's really dark. <laughs> really scary looking and the first time we went there it was just so impressive and uh first time we went there you know we we wandered around the house itself and found some really interesting items in the house um some old like an old german porcelain cake topper uh wedding cake topper and stuff wow. but then we did some detecting and found some great great items in the ground as well but it's a really spooky house and some of the locals said that it was haunted we haven't really run into anything like that yet but we've gotten a lot of great items there wow that actually kind of brings us on to the subject for the week this is the the halloween episode the very first global detection adventures halloween episode and uh so we kind of asked around you know on facebook if anybody had had any kind of a, a spooky experience while metal detecting and uh, we got a couple we got a couple replies and uh, so I thought Dave and Steve and Jack, I thought we'd go ahead and read off a couple of these and see exactly uh, what these are. And, and uh, we can sit and talk about these. I thought this was awesome. good a uh, good idea for the week. 
All right, well, let me get the marshmallows out and a big stick and a flashlight, and I'll yeah. be ready. You know, I'm going to go ahead and turn off the lights here. I'm going to put a flashlight right under my chin and just point it straight up. And uh... Now, that's scary enough as it is. Dude, I'm scary enough with the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we got, a, we got a comment from Luke Higgins. Um, now, this is exactly how he wrote it. He said... Uh, I only have the one. It's not spooky, but it's weird. He said, In 1995, I was detecting on a pasture near Finden, UK, as I often used to. I camped out overnight with my dog, Champ. Slept the night soundly, but awoke to a huge crop circle in the cornfield less than 15 meters from my tent. Maybe (laughs) Dave and Doug had been busy overnight, but it was weird to see as it was 100% not there the day before. Man-made and sure, but impressive nonetheless. So the so guy he was sleeping, and somebody made a crop circle while he was sleeping. That's awesome. Like and he didn't hear anything. Fifteen wow. meters. We're talking like maybe sixty feet from his head. Somebody was out there making a crop circle in one of the cornfields while he was sleeping. And they didn't hear it at all. They had to have had a couple of drinks that night. Yeah, I was going to say, did he mention that he was drinking? <laughs> well, it, it was him and his dog. So I don't think the dog was, you know, kicking back a couple Jack and, <laughs> yeah. Jack and Cokes. And, so. and the dog didn't even bark? No, to, nothing. They said they wow. both, he says they both slept soundly the night, but awoke to a huge crop circle in the cornfield 15 meters away. Maybe the dog helped. <laughs> Maybe the guy was out sleepwalking and just happened to make a corn circle. Uh, corn circle. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you sleep <laughs> crop circle make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a crop circle. Oh man, what was it back in 1995 here in Germany? It was right next to one of the autobahns. There was a little blip on it on the local news, but. Uh, I guess it appeared overnight, but it was right next to the Autobahn here in Germany. And uh, everybody got tripped out from that because nobody saw it happening. And it just, when the sun came up, it just happened to be there. So so anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was from Luke Higgins in the UK. I thought that was actually a pretty good one. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So we got uh, Scott Panther Fisher. This one actually comes with a bit of audio. I'm going to have to play the audio for you guys. But, um, yeah, so um, this one is uh, probably, I would actually call this an actual haunting. I mean, I used to go ghost hunting myself uh, back about six, seven years ago. And um, this has the typical hallmarks of uh, haunting uh, right on it. So Scott Panther Fisher. Um, so this is exactly what it wrote. There is a restaurant near near me that is famous for spooks and ghosts from the Civil War called Rita Mays. Legend says that it sits near a Union soldier mass grave site from 1863. About six months ago, I was hunting near that site and got the scare of a lifetime. I was out hunting at around 5 a.m. before the sun came up and I swear I saw a Civil War soldier standing right in front of me when I got up from the hall. I had just found a three-ringer bullet and stood up, and there it was, not three feet from me. It was gone within a second, and the cold crispiness in the air. To this day, at no other place that I have hunted, my detector goes nuts in that spot. 
It is now an unhuntable place for me. If you would like, I can put a video on to show you. It's totally crazy. My machine goes crazy when I try and hunt there now. He actually went back because I talked with him about it. I was like, that sounds freaky as double hockey sticks. And um, so I was like, well, go back out there, make a video. I'd love to see what, what your detector does. And um, so this is what he actually came up with. So I'll go ahead and play this for you right now, and then we'll be back in just a second, and we can talk about it. Good morning, everybody. Um, I kind of told a, a ghost story the other day to somebody, and uh, this is Rita Mays. And this is where I hunt. I hunt this middle median strip because everybody parks here. But this portion of the block, this whole block right here, just this one block, I can't hunt. And there's a reason why I can't hunt it. Uh, it was six months to a year ago, I was out here digging. My detector was acting just fine. And uh, I dug up a Civil War three ring mini ball. And. Uh, this was early, early, early in the morning. This is probably, oh, probably 5.30 in the morning before the sun came up. And uh, when I looked up, I saw a, what looked like a Union soldier standing there for just a split second. Scared the bejesus out of me. It's cold out and there's mosquitoes. But anyways, he scared the bejesus out of me. And uh, he vanished got really cold and uh, I couldn't figure it out and now every time I come back here and hunt I can't hunt it and I'll show you why alright so here's my detector little white's coin master I'm going to show you everything I'm going to show you everything nothing on the bottom just some grass and some dew nothing taped to it to make it do anything spectacular. Now I'm going to take you across the street and keep the detector in the viewfinder just so you guys can see this. Okay, I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to go up. Notice, well, let's do it this way. Let's take the headphones off. Alright, I'm going to split the dust cover down. If you notice, even when I swing it, okay, I get a tone when I pass over something. But if I just sit it right there, it's acting just normal. It's not fluttering, it's not doing nothing. Coil on the ground. Alright. Get it away from that signal. See, it's not doing nothing. It might flutter just a little bit. But let me show you what happens when I go across the street. That's just normal, normal chatter. Now, I got this thing just sitting on the ground. This thing is going nuts. 
I can't hunt here. I mean, I can move it over here. The whole thing is going nuts. It's like I've got a, a busted coil. But it's only in this little place that I can't hunt. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? But I can't hunt here because of that. So this is the old legend of Rita Mays. There's a there's a uh, legend that there's a uh, a Civil War Union mass grave around here somewhere, and I found Civil War items here, so it's pretty cool. Maybe it's a legend. Maybe it's ghosts. You never know. All right. So yeah, that was uh, Scott Panth Panther Fisher. Pardon me. That was Scott Panther Fisher. And um, so he had literally walked from one side of a one-lane road to the other side of a one-lane road, which is, what, 20, 25 feet? And that difference caused his White's Coin Master to completely go insane. And if you watch the, the, the needle on top, it goes from nail to foil to five cent to pull tab to 21s to 20... What is that? One cent, another one cent, 25 cent, the 50 cent and, and dollar. It goes through the entire range, but it's random. It's not like it's, it's like almost like something is interfering with it. Um, some people have actually said, asked if there was um, power lines that, that were in the area. Um, but he kind of came back in a reply and said, there's no overhead power lines. There's nothing that should be causing the interference. And to me, that the 25-foot di difference, uh, I don't know if it's going to cause that much of an issue if it's going to be an underground uh, power line. But then again, I've never metal detected on an underground power line. Yeah, I think you would know. I mean, I, I don't think it would be just in that one area if it's an underground power line. I think there'd be interference in a, in, as he's walking even because for it to be that strong. So, I mean, it, it just seems like a centralized thing right there and, and Jack watches a lot of ghost hunting shows and stuff like that and I mean there's lots of different equipment that's used that picks up different kinds of you know presence and who knows I mean a metal detector you know might might be able to pick up something yeah just never yeah the k2 meter the emf meter you got everything yeah. um yeah so I just think to me I mean they he says that uh, there's a reported um, Civil War mass grave. I think he refers to it as, uh, just a second, he says, um, uh, the, yeah, Civil, the place is called Rita Mays. Legend says it sits near a Union soldier mass grave from 1863. So, you know, it could be that it's not just a single entity. It could be that the, the, the energies of all of it, if there is a mass grave in that area, could be affecting it as well. Hmm. Well, it's a Civil War area. Yeah. And you, you get a lot of these stories coming out of anywhere where a battle or uh, was fought in the Civil War. Um, do you remember when we had Peter? Yeah. Uh, Laszlo Peter Ellis on the show. Yeah, the guy from took, Rebel Gold. Yeah, he was out there taking pictures, and he, he got them developed. And when he got them back, there was this really strange image 
Well, why don't we do? Do we still have that clip where um, Peter can you or can you dig that up or where Peter actually talks about the story? Absolutely. I, I'll go ahead and I'll go back into our library and pull that right back up. I'll go ahead and play that right now. So let's 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 lighten it up a little bit. Now you go to these sites. Now I want the honest truth. Have you ever, or you and your boys, when you go on these Civil War sites, mm-hmm. have any seen any kind of ghosts or spirits of of the past? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think of a couple of instances. Yeah, I was down there a few years ago. It was a. Uh, in the summertime, we like to go out in the evening when it's cool, you know? It's so hot. Here here in South Carolina for the past two weeks, it's been 100 degrees. You can't metal attack like that. So, you know, we made points a lot of times, you know, if we got permission to go on a pasture or a field, we'll go out there, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night when it's cooler and the moon's out. We don't do that, we don't do that illegally. I don't ever hunt. I always get permission. Yeah. But if we got permission to go on a guy's place. You know, so it's just a cow pasture or something, nothing else out there. But I was out in this pasture one night a couple of years ago. And I'm standing there, and this big green orb floats out of the out of the out of the pasture. It's bigger than a basketball. It just lightly floats up out of the pasture. I'm sitting there staring at this thing like, what in the hell is this? And I sat there watching that thing, and it just floated right there. It was, hmm, I don't know, get the yard. Now, are you sure this is the thing that floated the big green blob that? floated out of the ground you sure that didn't come from one of your crew members because i, I no, saw your video no no no, <laughs> no. There, was only a, there was only a couple of us out there and they weren't anywhere near this but i'm telling okay. you it was, a, it was a big round green fluorescent orb and you could see through it huh. but it was it was fluorescent perfectly round and it just floated right out of the ground and it just hovered there for like a minute just right in front of me and I watched this thing, all of a sudden it starts floating off. There's a pond over there next to this pasture. And it started floating all the way over there to the edge of the pond. I watched that thing for like three minutes. And it just floated all the way along the edge of that pond until it finally got to the other side of the pond and it just disappeared. Oh, that's oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah, but but I've, I've seen, you know, I've looked it up on the internet. And, you know, they call those things ghost, ghost orbs. Yeah, but, ghost orbs. But Some... you know what? The thing about that pasture... It was also an Indian village. There has been a lot of airheads picked up out of that pasture. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. But I saw, I saw that, and a couple of years ago, we were taking, we were on a battlefield, on a dirt road. It was actually on a battlefield in the lower part of the state, and where a lot of people got killed. And uh, my buddy was hunting down there one night, and uh, he was by himself. And he said he thought he heard somebody talking. Was, there's not a house around here within two miles. So he thought, you know, he heard somebody talk. So he takes his headphone off, and he tries to listen for the voices again. The next thing he hears, he hears it sounds like uh, a musket hammer goes click, and all of a sudden it goes kaboom. He said it scared the living daylights out of him. He said he couldn't get out of it fast enough. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And in that same, in that same area... About a year later, we were riding down the dirt road in broad daylight, sun shining, and taking pictures, because it was a pretty area, big oak trees and stuff, and taking photographs, and all right, we finished taking about a dozen photographs, and we got back up to the main highway and started looking at the photographs. They were all normal except for one, 
And this one photograph's got this big bright white light on a big, it's right on, it's like on the oak tree in the photograph. It's like, what the hell? You know, what is this? And when I got home, I got to looking at it and blew it up. It's got faces on that tree. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. So the the face, if you actually look at the face that's on the side of the tree, it's it's plain as day. I mean, there's the face is there. It's not that it's you know some people refer to it as matrixing. The the human brain is programmed to recognize faces in every object. It's the there's one, actually two two faces. Yeah, two faces that are in there. But to me, it's the one face. It's the one on the left that's the most impressive. The two faces are sitting there plain as day. But it's the one on the left. I mean, the one on the right, it could be uh, that matrixing, matrixing effect, the one where the brain is programmed to see. But the one on the left, there's no doubt in my brain. There's no doubt whatsoever that that is not supposed to be there. It is something else that he just happened to catch that was standing right in front of that tree. I mean, both of them could have been as well. You know, we could ask Pete to... Um, post that back on the on our Facebook page. He did once. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people who are listening to the show right now are going to want to see that picture. Yeah. So uh, we'll get a hold of we'll get a hold of uh, Laszlo. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that photograph. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely. get a, we'll get a hold of Laszlo, and uh, we'll try to get that posted up there tomorrow. Um, so you guys can not only listen to the podcast, but you'll be listening to the podcast, but you can actually <laughs> see what we're talking about. Yeah, it's. That's the good thing about recording the podcast. Uh, you guys can actually go to the uh, the Facebook uh, Global Detection Adventures page and see everything that we're talking about right there. Laszlo, he detects in a lot of, like like you see there, um, Native American sites or um, Civil War sites. He's in South Carolina. Um, so if, if you guys ever look up on iTunes and look up a show called Rebel Gold... He's one of the, the guys that was on that television show, and he's been to a lot of um, Civil War sites, so, and he's seen some some things that would probably make me run and scream like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to know Laszlo. He's on our, our Facebook group, and he's the button king of Civil War button king, uh, <laughs> as well as a lot of his, his other finds. But if you've got a button that you found... Um, and you're not sure exactly what it is, you just just PM him. He'll tell you in a split second. That's good to know because uh, we found some good buttons lately. Actually, Jack found a nice military button World a couple War weeks I. ago. Yeah, we think it's World War One. so maybe we'll uh, send a picture to him and get his feedback on that. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good guy. Uh, in fact, he's been quoted, people have quoted saying, Lazo has the ability to find Civil War relics in a Walmart parking lot. Wow. Yeah, he's interesting. I have I have looked at his stuff, and uh, yeah, he he finds a lot of great things. He does. He really does. Do you guys ever find any Civil War stuff, Jack, Steve? Just some musket balls and some bullets. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to tell around here if if any of the bullets that you find are are Civil War era. I know we found a couple of Civil War era items like that. We we found a uh, or Jack. Tell him about the bridle you found. The bridle. Oh, that I found yesterday. The bridle rosette. Oh, the bridal rosette I found at Seymour Park. It, and then... Uh, I, yeah, we posted a picture of it, and somebody mentioned that it seems to be mid-1800s. Um, he didn't know if it was military or not, but uh, it's a really beautiful bridal rosette. 
Yeah, but it's yeah. not a civil war, though, but it's like a civilian. Yeah, yeah it might be a civilian. So what exactly it's, it's, is uh, the bride? earlier, right? What exactly? Yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah, early 1800s to mid 1800s. So Jack, what exactly is the bridal rosette? Where did that go on the on the horse itself? It'll go on like the side of the horse. Yeah, on the harness. On the harness. Uh, There'd be no. one on either side, right by the bit. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's right on right next to the mouth portion, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a really great find. Man. Yeah, we found a couple of them, a couple of plain ones that are probably mid to late 1800s, but this one is really ornate and, and just very, very beautiful. Very old, too. Yeah, it probably says something about class of the person as well that lost it. Exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good on you for finding that. It's fantastic. Well, uh, we got uh, coming up here in just a little bit, uh, we're going to be bringing into the siren segment. Uh, we got two of the greatest sirens on our show. We got Whit Hill with uh, her next segment, uh, her next song that she's going to be sharing with us, which is Canslaw. So make sure you guys listen in for that one. And then we got Siren Kimmy from Girls Rock Metal Detecting coming in. And so she's going to be playing, uh, she's going to be talking with you guys, and uh, I'm pretty sure she has some Halloween wishes for everybody. So we'll be back in just a second, and until then, I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Bye. Hey everyone, Siren Kimmy here with Girls Rock Metal Detecting, finally getting bailed out from Hurricane Matthew. Um, I apologize, this is going to be a little bit of a ramble. I am, other than having dealt with this hurricane and, and making work super busy for me, uh, I just got some really shocking news last night that one of my dear friends and digging partners uh, passed away. And um, I don't know if y'all know who Steve Ward is. Uh, he's, he's was not very um, prolific when it came to Facebook. He, he posted things here and there, but he wasn't a, a big uh, bragger of all his finds. And, and <laughs> if you knew how many finds he had, his, his place was like a museum. Um, he had hundreds and hundreds of bullets and, and belt plates and buckles and, and bayonets and <laughs> everything you can think of. Uh, Civil War related and he could tell you where he found every single one. Um, he was truly a kindred spirit and I, I'm really kind of shocked um, so I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this one because I, I, I just talked to him the other day and, and we were making plans to go digging this weekend and, and um, I found out through Facebook and it really just, um, just kind of knocked over by it. Um, so hence the rambling here. Um, I decided though that I know he would be really pissed off at me, pardon the French there, but uh, he would be really upset with me uh, if I turned this whole rant and ramble into uh, something mourning and you know it's it's kind of fitting that he would pass near Halloween and, and All Saints Day and, and kind of a party time and, and Steve and I <laughs> and, and Thrills in the Dig who you know we were really big digging partners and we used, we used to always say that, you know, Facebook and, and all that drama that went with it, we just couldn't deal with it and, and didn't get into posting our drama and, and the things that go on in life and just try to enjoy digging. And, and we used to joke and say, we just want to dig and drink and dig and drink some more and dig some more and listen to good music. And so 
Um, I think that um, him passing around this time and, and All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day and I think the next few days during Halloween and All Saints Day celebrations, um, I'm sorry, Halloween and Day of the Dead celebrations, um, I think that um, I'm going to celebrate his life and, and I'm going to raise a glass to him because that's what he would want. Actually, I'll raise a couple glasses to him because that's what he would want. And I'm going to dedicate my uh, Halloween video to him because he really enjoyed my Paul Stanley makeup. Um, he thought it was both terrifying <laughs> and awesome at the same time. So I'm going to dedicate my uh, Halloween video to him and, and my Halloween holiday to him. And I hope that he's resting easy. And um, I hope everybody has an amazing, amazing Halloween. You guys just be safe out there and, and um, celebrate the people that you love and, and the people that have passed on. Um, and just take care. Waiting in the dirt for me Long ago you were a cow Mountain dew Tossed into a field in Tennessee A tractor Did you enter you all apart? And now you lie scattered far and wide, each piece of you a vicious work of art. Can
Welcome back to the Global Detection Adventure Podcast. I'm Dave, he's Lance, and we're with Jack and Steve Gropp, and you just listened to Whit Hill. She's uh, she's our musical, what do you want to call her, Lance? Our musical... A metal detecting siren. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get uh, she's siren, Karen. kind enough to let us use, uh, let us play her, her metal detecting music, and uh, don't forget to check out Whit Hill, and Check out her album. Uh, where, did she? Uh, she's got a Facebook page. Where can you? Where can you download the, that that music? Uh, you can go to withill.com. Uh, withill.com. Uh, purchase it directly from our website. Uh, she prefers it doing it that way, but you can find it on other places. Uh, just do a Google search on withill. I dug it up, and you'll be able to find it. But if you go to withill.com. Uh, you can purchase the uh, the CD from her, and it's not really expensive. I think it's like eight dollars for the. Yeah, she CD. got some really good music on there, and she got that hit song. I dug it up, so check it out. Yep. All right, Steve, Jack. I know you guys want to go out hunting. Uh, it's, you still got some light. You probably got another three or four hours of light. Yes, we do. it's yes, starting to get really sunny out there. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck going out today. You guys have anything that you want to plug or promote before you guys take off? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we did mention the uh, club that we're in. So anyone that's in the Northeast Wisconsin area, um, Titletown Treasure Seekers meets once a month, the first Tuesday of every month. Um, they have a, a page on or a Facebook page. Just uh, search Titletown Treasure Seekers. And then aside from that, um, I've been working far too long, admittedly, on a website for Jack and I. Um, we are the Dig Dudes, and the site will be at digdudes.com. Yeah, we'll be at it's digdudes.com. Jack's the Coin King, and I'm Silver Fox. Yeah, and uh, it'll have a lot of a lot of uh, information, um, mostly about us. Uh, there'll be a blog blog page on there. I mentioned uh, the Gingerbread House earlier. There's a nice blog post about that, but that should be up hopefully within the next few weeks. So if you go to digdudes.com, you'll be able to see that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find all the links uh, for everything that they're talking about as well on our GDA uh, podcast page. So check over check over there, and you'll be able to find links as well. Yeah, and don't forget to check out uh, Jack and Steve's digs, and uh, they post them frequently, at least once a week, on yep. the Global Detection Adventure Facebook page, as well as other uh, groups. So you'll be able to see their finds and... Maybe uh, you know. Maybe she get a picture of you and Jack together, so we can see what your mugs look like, and everybody yeah. else can know what you, what, what you guys look like, and uh, so they can put a picture to this podcast. We will do that. We'll get you one. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Super. All right. Good luck, guys. Again, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll meet up and, and do a little hunt together and get another video going. Yeah. Thanks for having us, and we'd love to meet up with you again soon. Thank All you. Right. Yep. All right. We'll definitely bring right, you guys Jack, back in. Care. Good luck out there, guys. Take care. Well, that was uh, Jack and Steve Gropp from Northeast Wisconsin. Fantastic, guys. I, I can't believe that kid. He is outshining me almost weekly. Uh, he's outshining a lot of people weekly with the stuff that he's finding out there, just metal detecting. It's just insane what he's found. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we we don't have too many youngsters that are in the group. Uh, I could say there's maybe a half dozen, but uh, he's got to be our one of our youngest members um, at, at at twelve. That 
you know, has uh, constantly posted on our, our, our Facebook page. Um, and you'll, you, uh, you'll be amazed by the, some of the stuff that he, he, he gets. Yeah, definitely. It, just, it blows my mind every week. Every week. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, Lance, what do you want to do? You want to go? I want to go home. Yeah, I think there's a couple football games on. We got to get uh yeah. go get the TV warmed up, the beer cooking and the nachos uh kind of pouring over with cheese. I think that sounds like Ooh, a good sounds idea. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I got to think I got a something or something in the crock pot that the wife's making, so I'm I'm smelling that right now. But oh. uh, I want to thank everybody who helped uh with the, the the podcast, the Global Detection Adventure podcast. I want to thank for everybody who sent in their segments siren kim uh i want to thank whit hill and butch holcomb patrick and steve, white patrick white and steve and jack our guest yeah. uh green bay wisconsin did i did i miss anybody uh, uh no. laszlo and and everybody who sent in their ghost stories um i really appreciate that our friend gary from xp metal detectors who came in and answered a couple questions this week Yep, thank you, Gary. I really appreciate it. And, uh, well, I guess that's going to be it for this week. That's going to be it. Don't forget to download, and don't forget to to check out our other podcast that we have available. And I will be back next, well, we'll be back in a couple weeks from now. And uh, take care, Lance. I am out of here. And as am I. And as I say every single week, I'll see you guys on the field. Let's dig it up, y'all. This has been a production of the GDA Podcast Network. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University offers over 175 high-quality online programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.